Hi there, my name's Will Truby, and welcome to Pick and Mixtape, the podcast where we curate a playlist for a very specific mood. Each episode, I gather a bunch of friends together, we each pick a song for the playlist, and then we discuss them. After we're done, we try and place them in a tracklist that would make some sort of sense to listen to all in one go. On this fourth episode, we're picking songs that you'd listen to on a midnight swimming trip. That means we've got a whole bunch of chill and relaxing tunes on this episode, including Australian indie disco, Norwegian folk pop, and post-industrial ambient music. My guests are Anna Renee, Beth Booth, Jack Gloyens, Luke, and Tom Anderson. If you want to listen along, the playlist is on our YouTube channel, which is Pick and Mixtape Podcast. That's the letter N, as in Fish and Chips, or Mary-Kate and Ashley. Thanks for listening. So the first song that we are going to listen to is Weird Fishes by Leanne Le Havas. This is a cover of a song by Radiohead. The original song for the sort of first half of it is already quite dreamy and tranquil. There's a whole load of like arpeggio clean guitars. And even though it's double the sort of pace that that song is at, like the drums are playing kind of double time. I love that she has taken this song that is so incredibly relaxing and has made it even more floaty. Like the drums playing in kind of the half time, keeping it really relaxed is great. I love that underpinning the opening bit, there's that really dreamy Zelda water temple electric piano <laughs> that's got like a really lovely fluid vibrato and kind of the, the chords are all all dragged out. Um, Someone's been playing Ocarina of Time recently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like her voice, her voice is so incredibly controlled, but also beautifully relaxed. I love that her vibrato is is so wide. Like she vibratos like through a whole tone when she like holds her notes, mm-hmm. which kind of like matches the, the electric piano, I feel. It reminded me of gentle ripples kind of like in a really still pool i actually came up with the the prompt for this episode off the back of this song halfway through the song it's kind of interrupted by this really delightful calm acapella moment that's got you know there's about five voices involved and there's like a kind of lower male voice and there's a couple of other like female voices singing higher and like there's this really delightful stacked jazzy chords and in fact actually i love how she's taken the sort of chaotic indie arpeggio delayed guitars 
that are in the Radiohead original and turned them into like huge jazzy stacked chords in the piano and in the voices. It sounds really like, I don't want to say dense, it sounds really like thick, but also really airy. Like the way that those acapella singers are singing is so breathy and kind of still and quiet. It just kind of makes me feel super relaxed. That's that's why I picked this song. It was already a kind of a, a pretty relaxed song and she's taken it like to the sort of nth level. Can I play devil's advocate here? Sure. And <laughs> this isn't just, just for the sake of it, but the thing that I think is awesome about this song is what you've come to expect from Leanne Le Havist is that pure vibes of just pure relaxation. And she does that, but then all the way through the song as well, there's little things that throw you off from what you expect. So it starts like straight from the off with that drum beat where after the first run through the shuffle, it like changes to that halftime beat that then continues for the rest of the song. And then they're constantly doing things like say that section, the acapella section that you're talking about, it sounds sonically amazing. Like it's so soothing because her voice has like got such an airy quality to it straight away where the drums come in and then the bass comes in and then it all just, like you were saying, becomes very in your face. And that's the kind of thing that I found so interesting about this song is it is relaxing. And then for a moment, it's like, oh, actually, this, <laughs> this is uh, kind of getting me a bit, not riled up, it's not going that far. It's not like it suddenly <laughs> turned into a death metal tune. But, you know, it's not following the pattern that we expect it to necessarily. I think going back to the prompt, you can almost imagine like during that acapella bit, just sort of like floating there looking up at the sky and then when it kicks back in suddenly you're going back into a fast-paced swim see i almost thought that the acapella section was almost like going underwater so like before Mm. that it was kind of swimming around and whatever and then that point it's so like intimate because it's just the vocals and it's like all other sound is drowned out so i kind of imagined like going underwater during that bit and then coming up again yeah i think if you're if you're sort of listening to it and thinking about a narrative that moment when all the instruments cut out and it is quite an abrupt cut out like it's not like a, a stab chord or anything but it is all the instruments quite suddenly stop and it's just the voices i think you're mm-hmm. absolutely right that does really feel like you've plunged your head underwater and you kind of get that filtering effect where all the sound that you could hear when your head was above the water kind of suddenly gets really dull and muffled. I hadn't quite figured out like what I thought the sort of more intense ending felt like. I didn't really want <laughs> didn't really want it to feel like there was any kind of danger in the swimming pool, especially. <laughs> but, um, it definitely feels like narratively something has changed at that point, which I think is super cool. Mm. Yeah, I thought the ending felt more immersive, if anything. So it just felt more like maybe you were pulled into, if we're going narratively, like in a riptide or something like that. So it was like there was just more going on. It was more indulgent, but it still felt, even though it was so different from the start, it still didn't feel strange for me personally. It all seemed to link together weirdly. I clearly don't know Radiohead as well as I thought I did because I literally wrote down in my notes, I'm getting really strong Radiohead vibes from this <laughs> without realising without realizing it was a cover. So, I did the uh, same thing. <laughs> there you go. Glad it's not just me. That's incredible. It's off, it's off in Rainbows, which in my uh, opinion is, is their best album. But yeah, it's definitely, it's worth listening to because even though it's not jazzy and, and chilled like this, you know, it does their kind of classic layering up of loads of noises and kind of it being a bit cacophonous. It's still really quite enchanting and delightful, especially the sort of 
the end bit where things get a bit more intense. Speaking on the kind of intensity as well, one of the things that I really am always so impressed by with Leanne Le Havis is that she can sing super quiet and be like really intimate and she can also sing really loud and intense and kind of sound a bit more chaotic, but it always sounds like she has the most incredible control over her voice at the end where she kind of riffs on the main melody and does this sort of more R&B kind of ornamentation around the melody. She's getting the kind of passion and the drive in while also still sounding completely in control of her voice. It doesn't ever sound like she's losing herself in the music. She still sounds completely present, I think. I think that's why it sounds like there's not any danger. Yeah, she's got that confidence in her voice, I guess, either way, isn't it? As you mentioned, like intimately, or if she's going full fast, you don't don't feel, as you said, you don't feel like, oh gosh, is she going to struggle? Like, she feels fine. (laughs) I remember the first time that I heard her voice was when I was at Liverpool International Music Festival. I'd actually never heard of her. This was like third year at uni. I'm sure all of you guys will have been listening to her long before I I discovered her. And then she was doing that cover she does of um, Say a Little Prayer. Mm -hmm. And when she hits those high notes in that, that's what came across to the other side of the field. And I was like, I need to go and listen to whatever the hell's (laughs) going on over there. Because you're right, it's exactly that. Like she was hitting these notes where it's so incredibly passionate but also at the same time you're like she's not leaving that note for like the next 20 minutes like she she's so chilled on that high note that's like the amazing thing about her voice she does a good number of really really good covers and a bunch of like really interesting ones as well like there's obviously this one which is on an album she does that one uh say a little prayer quite often live she does a cover of a of like a really early everything everything song which is so left field I think she has a really good knack of keeping true to her kind of style, which is a little bit indie, a little bit soulful, a little bit R&B, while also still kind of keeping some of the interest of the of the original music. She's just got such a strong sense of her kind of musical character. I mean, some of my favourite bands kind of do the thing where one song sounds wildly different to the other song and, you know, they have a kind of broad range. She sounds so utterly confident in what she wants to sound like on every song that I've ever heard from her. You touched on this when you were first talking about the track, Will, but what is it about a Rhodes that just sounds so watery? Do you know what I mean? Because like, I, I did the same thing. As soon as I heard that in this track, I was like, yeah, I can see see why you've gone for this one. I think part of it will be just the kind of association that we have with that sound. Like I mentioned the sort of Zelda Water Temple vibes. I think it's just one of those tropes that is kind of repeated in the media that we take in, you know, in the TV shows, in the films, in the video games that we play, that that kind of like, I don't know, that sort of like chimey noise that sounds really warm and soft, but not like goopy. It sounds really like crisp and crystal and also like i said i think the vibrato and the tremolo that people often put on electric pianos kind of that swell and that that ebb that we often have just sounds quite you know like a tide really quite wavy yeah (laughs) so wavy i think there is a preset on logic which is called the watery roads yeah there is you're right just, just goes to show it's just absolutely nailed that sensation The next song we're going to listen to is Overnight by Parcels, and that's Tom's Pit.
moment I was wishing It's overnight The minute I was thinking To hold you back The moment I was wishing It's overnight The minute I was thinking To hold you back When I chose this song, I was thinking, firstly, why would I be swimming at midnight? And the conclusion that I came to was a a pool party. I've never been to a pool party. I hope at some point in my life to go to a pool party. And I thought, what song would I put on while I was there? And that is, Parcels are just like my go-to band for that sort of vibe. Like, they're um, Australian, like, funky indie kids, basically. It's all very edgy and cool, and I love it. When I listen to that song, I feel like I've got a beer and I'm on a like a, an inflatable flamingo going across the pool or something like that, just chilling out. And you've also, you know, like everyone is probably wearing Hawaiian shirts or something along those sorts of lines. You know, you've got our watery roads in there as well, which is the staple of any water-based song. <laughs> so it's just like, it's basically the vibe of it that made me want to bring it to the table. In terms of like the production, it's something I'm a big fan of, which is basically trying to recreate vintage sounds in the modern day and i think they do that amazingly well like the drums sound a bit 1970s they've had all the top end taken off them which almost adds to that kind of cool dusty almost disco vibe to it where i'm getting this midnight pool party thing coming from yeah i just think it's a cool tune i wanted to share it with my friends no yeah i literally wrote down pool party that's literally what i got i love the guitar it kind of gave that now rogers chic maybe Daft Punk a little bit kind of vibe to it, which gave that sort of 70s disco kind of fun feel. And yeah, no, I totally see the Hawaiian shirts. I think that's (laughs) definitely going to be there. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not the only one. It's so, so Daft Punk. That was literally the first thing I wrote down was this gives me major Get Lucky vibes. Yeah, It's actually produced by Daft Punk. Oh, I was was listening to it and I was like, this guitar sounds too much like Niall Rodgers in, in Get Lucky. <laughs> this sounds suspiciously close. And it is actually produced by Daft Punk, which makes a lot of sense. Like the sort of the synths mm. in the chorus and the sort of like the ultra clean production is so, so them, so disco. I think it has a very sort of Bee Gees sound to it, yeah. <laughs> which I literally wrote down like retro pool party. <laughs> especially because it's got like the crackles and like static noise at the end as well. So I love that. Love a bit of Bee Gees. Don't Maybe like the Bee Gees <laughs> and like now Rogers were giving like Daft Punk a massage. While yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> now there's an image. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful intersection between an awful lot of disco culture. Like it's got the really crisp guitars. It's got the occasional stabs of like nice big stacked harmonies. I also wrote down that I really respect how the song resists like climaxing or like really building in dynamics in a lot of ways. I know Simon Stafford would hate this, but like the dynamics really never changed throughout the entire song. <laughs> like even when you get to the chorus, you've just got a few more instruments in. It doesn't feel like louder or like more intense than the verses. It's still really mm-hmm. chill. The thing that I love about the chorus is that on the percussion, now I don't know this for a fact, but I have a big suspicion that they are playing the spoons. Have you guys ever played the spoons as a percussion instrument before? They're hard. <laughs> it's, I, I can't do it. <laughs> I've said that like like I have. No, I haven't played the spoons before, but I've just got this image in my head. If you listen like left and right, panned hard left and right, there's like a... And I'm absolutely sure that that's the spoons. It's just a really clever way of making it feel like it's going forward. But like you said, Will, it doesn't really 
you know raise the pressure it just keeps us at this kind of like cool chilled out vibe which is great yeah like that's why i thought it would maybe suit like a pool party rather than being played in like a club because it doesn't really change dynamics or there's no big drop or anything like i think it suits that kind of vibe plus the fact that it's just called overnight suits the midnight swim kind of idea <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so if we were all at a pool party and i put that tune on you guys would be okay with it Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, that's, <laughs> that's great news. I think the other thing as well is like his vocal is so unintrusive. It's just very, it's similar, not similar to Leanne Le Havis, but like in the breathy sense, that's basically what he's going for. It's a completely different voice to Leanne Le Havis, different gender for a start. But like, it's that kind of chilled out, breathy, I'm going to let the rest of the music do the work here and I'm just going to basically decorate it a little bit with the melody and that kind of just adds to that just lovely vibe i feel like you could really just loop this song round and round and kind of have a crossfade in the beginning and the end and like (laughs) it would be like like you say it's kind of inobtrusive and that's not a that's not a bad thing like not every song needs to grab your attention every like 10-15 seconds sometimes it's nice to have a piece of music that will kind of sit in the background of your awareness that you can kind of appreciate the vibes of but not necessarily distract you from whatever you're doing it is good background music and that's not that's not an insult that's not me detracting from it it is it is delightfully unobtrusive yeah it's like you guys get on with having a good time and we'll just lay out a nice beat for you to have a good time too yeah (laughs) And that takes a lot of confidence, I think, for a singer not to be like, I'm going to go all out. You're going to hear all the range, how amazing I am. Keeping it in, I think, is quite a challenge, being confident with it. I think that's something that I struggle with, actually, as a musician. I think it's so much more my instinct to be like, got to wear your heart on your sleeve, got to be entertaining, got to be kind of like a big presence. And actually, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Louise. It takes an awful lot of confidence to be like, I know that this song's catchy. I know that this is like going to grab people's attention. I know that people are going to enjoy this if I just kind of like rein it in, keep it chill, mm. keep it loosey goosey. That takes a lot of confidence and like a lot of determination to kind of keep it that reserved. Yeah. It's also about playing to your strengths as well, isn't it? Because they've obviously got like a next level rhythm section where they've gone, right, you guys, let's have you a bit more front and center than perhaps you would be in other bands. Mm. Mm use what you've got at your disposal i suppose it's definitely not the kind of music that i would listen to an awful lot like that kind of laid back funk disco but i think the level of musicianship that funk and disco musicians have especially like rhythm section like if you listen to any sort of classic funk song and you listen to the bass line it will not just be like keeping to the the floor the one two three four it will be jumping up octaves doing kind of runs and fills doing the offbeats as well keeping it syncopated there's a lot of talent in keeping it quite reserved i think have you guys ever done function band stuff on the bass you know soul and motown and stuff like that it is a absolute nightmare and you have to just rest your hand for like three days afterwards and you just look at the part and go, oh, for God's sake, that's what I'm playing. Oh, yeah. No, there's a guy that I'm in a function band with and he's amazing at bass. And we do a lot of like chic and like La Freak and all that sort of stuff. Poor and guy. He's just, yeah, I'm looking at him like, oh, I'm so glad I'm just singing in comparison. <laughs> cool. Well, we will move on to the next song, which is Holding Hands by The Magic Lantern. And that's Beth's pick. I'm searching for my true love. 
and I know she's there. Just carry on. Beth is unfortunately ill for this episode, but she wrote out what she would have said in her intro that I'm going to read out now. When Will said a song for a midnight swim, for some reason I immediately assumed a swim in the sea, maybe because that's the easiest place to swim at night. I probably partly chose this song because I was incepted by the music video, to be honest, which pretty heavily features the sea, but I do think it's perfect midnight swim material. There's something about the combination of the enormous space in this track, especially at the beginning, and the kind of fluidity of the saxes in the voice, the gently rhythmic second half, and the general melancholy vibe that I think it fits. I feel like this song kind of has the soul of a sea shanty in it somewhere, with the stuff about searching for your true love and the call and response between the voice and the saxes. Honestly, I just really love this song. It feels like if Go Go Penguin and This Is The Kit had a woodwind loving baby to me. And it's been a recent discovery, so right now this would be my night swim tune of choice. My night swim would admittedly end up being some kind of sad trip, but I'd be sad in the British Sea in the middle of the night at the best of times. It feels quite nostalgic, that song, doesn't it? I think there's something about the brass arrangement. Did you say it's saxophones? Saxophones, yeah. It's something about that sound that just makes it feel like old-timey England. Maybe it's like pre-war. And I think the, the lyrics as well, like the really dry vocal and the way that the melody moves is really folky. And it kind of makes you feel nostalgic for a time that we didn't actually know, but is just very traditionally like British or potentially more specifically English. It's like melancholy, but hopeful and which is and the sea shanty thing is actually a really good shout because that's kind of the general feeling of all of that sort of music isn't it i mean i have not seen the music video but i think that's absolutely on the money with it being compared to a sea shanty i think there's something about the the kind of wistfulness of the opening and the sort of rubato feel where he's kind of like singing a line and I guess maybe in sort of sea shanties, you'd have like your backing singers echoing what you've sung back to you. I think it's kind of hard to pin down how this song makes me feel. I think melancholy and like wistful are good words because it's both kind of sad and hopeful at the same time. It just feels like a song that has an awful lot of emotion in it, I think. I was listening to a thing on the radio the other day that was talking about Christmas songs and saying that they do that same sort of thing where actually a lot of them are melancholy and sad in their nature but they kind of inject that little bit of hope to make them Christmassy and I feel like this performs that same sort of action where you don't walk away from it feeling really glum but just kind of a little bit more pensive than you were before. Mm. Sort of wistful and bittersweet I suppose in a way. Yeah. I didn't see the video either, but it's weird because this was the only one that made me think of the seaside. And I just pictured the ocean in my head for this one. I don't know if this sounds weird, but the kind of call and response between the vocal and the brass made me think of almost like seagulls and waves. So the brass was almost like waves because it's kind of a repeating motif that they do. So that was kind of like a constant sound that you would hear and then the vocal was almost like bird call or something over the top of that and just I don't know I just got this really vivid like image of the seaside with the sort of overall sound of it it also kind of sounded a bit sort of military like I guess just because of the brass I thought it sounded kind of optimistic more than mournful almost like your sort of shortcomings and mistakes being like washed away by the water 
I kind of see it, I don't know if anyone else got this, but I see it being at the end of a sort of quintessentially British coming of age film yes. where yeah. I, I don't yeah. know, they're maybe they're all sort of like jumping into the sea with their clothes on in rebellion or something like that. I don't know. I don't know if that's weird, but that was yeah. the sort of vibe. Running okay. through the fields of wheat. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Theresa May biopic. That's what it is. <laughs> I definitely get that nostalgia vibe. It feels like, to me, I thought of like, it sounds really weird, but like an old couple reflecting back on their life and then being just really happy about it. So it's sad in the sense that obviously they're reflecting on something that was, but it was all really positive. And yeah, I think that space with the woodwind and the vocals and then the gaps, something about that I think is really special. And the lack of production on the vocals as well, keeping them really dry that makes it feel homely, kind of, if that makes sense. That kind of dry vocal thing makes it feel like you could be there just mm. listening to just you and the Magic Lantern chilling with him singing <laughs> with a brass section. Sounds like a lovely way to spend <laughs> as, an evening, as actually. It does. <laughs> I think it definitely felt more, yeah, intimate than the others. I think the sort of lack of reverb, I guess, like you say, it's a very dry, dry sound. It feels like you're almost in the room with them. The way that he sings really reminds me of a jazz musician called Chet Baker. He's a um, mainly a trumpet player, but also sang on quite a few songs. There's a really famous version of My Funny Valentine that he sings. And I think he's quite notable because the way that he sings and also the way that the guy in the Magic Lantern sings is he barely ever uses any vibrato even on like those top kind of soaring notes he still keeps them like really quite clear and crisp and i think it's really interesting because i feel like a lot of people i mean i might just be speaking for myself but i feel like with a lot of people a good way of conveying emotion is by like putting vibrato on it it kind of simulates that really human feeling of like being out of control of your voice kind of quavering you know i think it's really interesting that he barely ever uses any vibrato it sounds really confident but not not emotionless it sounds like he's definitely feeling a good amount of emotion but there's no sort of wobble in his voice there's no like i'm about to break out into tears do you think it kind of gives the impression of somebody that has made up their mind about something so they're kind of reflecting rather than living it right now yeah uh, maybe. And with Anna saying that it kind of sounds military, I think actually when, when you said that, Anna, the thought that came into my head was like someone either in the Navy or someone that like works on a boat kind of saying goodbye to their partner and being like, I'm going to come back, but it's not going to be for like four, four or five months or something. So it's really sad. Yeah. It's really like quite mournful, but also still like... I'm doing this to, I don't know, provide for my family or this is my job. This is just how this is just how life is. But things are going to be OK in like four or five months when I come back. Something yeah. about like, I don't know. It's still sort of hopeful and optimistic, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, mm -hmm. which is interesting. I've never lived. I mean, I, I don't know if you'd call Liverpool by the seaside, but I've never like lived by the seaside, lived um, around people who regularly go out on fishing trips and don't come back for days or weeks or whatever. I think it's an interesting sort of like emotional scenario that I'm not used to. Because you never used to go on the uni fishing trips then, Will. <laughs> <laughs> the angling society. Well, those nights out were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I also, the last thing that I wrote down was that it's it's interesting how similar in terms of structure this song is to the 
Leanne Le Havis one, where like the first two minutes of the song are quite chill and really relaxed. And then like something changes, like in this song, the drums come in and the bass kind of comes in. It really builds up. There's, you know, a piano kind of doing the melody. And then in Leanne Le Havis's one, obviously the, the song shifts to the new section. Not that that necessarily, I don't know, has anything to do with the midnight swimming trip, but I think it's sort of interesting and evocative, swapping everything out quite drastically halfway through. This isn't a Radiohead cover as well, is it? It's I just no. missed that one as well. This would be, this would be <laughs> such a weird Radiohead song. <laughs> Anyone else got anything to add? Thank you to Beth for introducing me to this song, because it yeah. is... Yeah. I don't know if you can describe it as yeah, a... I, I really enjoyed it. you can describe it. it as a banger, but it's a great song i think song, it's an emotional banger yeah. like you yeah. feel it when you hear it you're not you don't necessarily want to like dance or something but you're kind of there i don't know hand on your heart being like i'm feeling this song i'm feeling it <laughs> so he's called jamie doe isn't that is that not the name they give to like missing people that's john that? doe john oh john doe is it okay i was gonna or say Jane like... <laughs> i think actually speaking of him because so the magic lantern is just him I believe. It's funny that we were all like, this sounds like a British seaside song because I believe that he's Australian. Um, But actually, I guess there is actually quite a lot of link between like, I mean, there's obviously a link between British and Australian sort of like sea stuff because we shipped all of our criminals over there or whatever. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of naval stuff to do with with Australia. There's a lot of like, I think they do a lot of travelling because they're so far out. They do a lot of travelling around the world to Australians. I went into railing when I was 18. I swear, every single hostel that I stayed in, the guy in the bunk next to me was always Australian. (laughs) It was like the same four Australian people on, like, rotation, I swear. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, if your country was infested by, like, venomous spiders and giant scorpions or whatever, you probably would go somewhere else as well. Absolutely. (laughs) The next song that we're going to listen to is Secret Garden by Aurora. And that's Anna's pick. Who you are Wounded by the world Your fragile nature Needed shelter In the night We made a sanctum Out of mind And out of sight Won't you let me Take you there Won't you let me Take you there Let me take Oh, Aurora is just one of my favourite artists ever. I would listen to her anytime doing anything. But I thought A Midnight Swim, she was the instant artist that I went to in my head because of her ethereal, dreamy sound in general. So then I was like, right, well, which song of hers? And this one instantly came to mind because, well, first of all, this was actually written for the new Secret Garden film that's just come out, which looks amazing. But it's just... I thought it was very fitting because it's all about sort of the healing powers of nature. And it made me think of a midnight swim in somewhere like a cave pool or like somewhere outdoors in the middle of nowhere, sort of by yourself. And I just, I thought it was just beautiful. It's kind of being about in touch with your own body and soul. And I think you feel that while you're swimming because it's a very immersive thing. And yeah, I thought like the sort of tinkling piano sounds, which kind of made me think of like droplets of water or ripples. There's kind of fluttering sounds in the background, which almost sounds like birds' wings or again, like water crashing and... 
I just thought the overall sound of it was very sort of natural and dreamlike, which a midnight swim would kind of be, I guess. What's interesting about this is this is the first time that we have had a repeat of an artist that we've had on a different episode. And actually, oh, really? yeah, so two episodes ago, we had a song by the Chemical Brothers featuring Aurora. Um, yeah, I and- know that song, yeah. And my friend, uh, Lydia, who picked it, said almost identically, like, I love anything by Aurora. Aurora's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Well, she's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. She just has the most diehard fans, apparently. Mm-hmm. I went to see her live in Bristol last year, and it was just incredible. I just wanted to cry during every song. I was like, this is amazing. I think there is something that feels quite spiritual about Aurora's music. And it might yeah. be it might be the association that we have with kind of... Is she from Sweden or... Iceland She's Norwegian. Or? She's Norwegian. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. there's something about... Either inherently about Scandinavian and Icelandic music, Nordic music maybe... There's either something inherently about it or something that we have an association with that feels very, like you say, otherworldly or kind of like folksy or just very spiritual and moving. Obviously, Bjork comes to mind. I think she sort of has a similar voice to Bjork because she's singing English with a sort of Nordic accent that sounds quite ethereal and kind of like fey, fairy-esque. Yeah, Um, definitely. And the fact that she sings in quite a folksy style, like she sings with a lot of melismas, uh, mm-hmm. especially in the chorus, there's a lot of like jumping around and kind of like flitting between little notes. And like I had, because I was thinking about this song in relation to water, I kind of had her voice in my head sounding like like a mermaid or a siren would sound like, kind of like yeah. <laughs> enchanting and kind of mysterious, but really like really welcoming. I love I love her voice. It sounds so hypnotic. Yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean about that Nordic lilt, because as soon as you hear that, you're just like, oh, yeah, the magic's about to happen. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's kind of fairy, fairy-esque. I think, like, the point in that song where you really feel like you want to go to this secret garden is that pre-chorus where it moves to that unexpected second chord. And you and it's kind of... I, I don't know what the chords are, but whatever it is gives you that feeling of oh we're going somewhere unexpected and somewhere that we weren't initially planning on going but it's going to be hella amazing when we get there <laughs> yeah it's it's got that same kind of nostalgic kind of childhood throwback about it as well which is like really comforting to listen to I think the way that the sort of rhythm in the lyrics at the start and the way it flows really gave me that sort of vibe of like childhood curiosity almost and like discovering this sanctuary that only they know about and it's it's just theirs, you know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. When you mentioned like Bjork and like kind of Regina Spectre as well, almost you can maybe look at in terms of the vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first time I heard Aurora, I was like, oh, wow, this feels quite special. And it's been quite a while since I'd heard that type of voice kind of come through. But yeah, in the song, I think it's stunning in that whimsical nature vibe. I totally get why you picked it, especially for the yeah. the choice of topic and theme. It's a real testament to actually um, just deviating from the song for a second that she can do this song she can do the secret garden but then she can also she's done so many dance features as well and it works perfectly like i think she's on um the camel fat tune panic room she's definitely on one of the camel fat tunes anyway it can so easily transfer to literally opposite ends of the spectrum from like dance music to kind of filmic soundtrack for the secret garden it's um, yeah she's obviously like incredibly talented 
It's actually weird how folk music can translate quite well to dance music. And I never really thought about it before this year, but I've actually been working with a trance producer this year and I've done some vocals for him and I kind of wrote the lyrics and the melodies and I've kind of stuck to the type of style that I usually write in, but it actually translates very well to like dance and trance music. If you say the words folk and dance together, I immediately start thinking of like klezmer or like Eastern European kind of folk music that has a lot of that motion, that has a lot of that dance beat. I think in Britain, our sense of folk is either somebody with an acoustic guitar singing quite wonderfully, singing quite lyrically, or Kayleigh music. So I think there can definitely be like a sense of rhythm and a sense of dance to to folk music. It's not constrained to soft emotional stuff, I think. Mm. I've just done a bit of research and yeah, I got I got that wrong. It was it's not Aurora, it's Aura, who has a very similar sounding melodic voice but i think the point still stands because she's still got that folky norwegian-y sounding voice so yeah i think it's the character i think she has a whole bucket of character and again it's the same with bjork it's the same with like sigurros the character really comes to the forefront the way that they're singing it almost feels like she doesn't really have to try that hard to sound really charismatic and enigmatic and really compelling the character just kind of spills out of her yeah it's a really tricky thing to do as well to put so much character into a performance and so much expression without it kind of like bridging the gap into musical theater so i think if you can do that and still keep it within the realms of like pop or contemporary music that's a real skill as well mm-hmm. And I think that's definitely something that runs through all of the songs that actually are on this playlist. I don't think that there's a characteristic that's shared by all the singers, but I think all of the the vocals throughout the, the playlist, the, or the, the songs that have vocals, everyone's got such a strong sense of character, everyone's got such a strong, like, personality within their voice that they really really want to try and get across to you you know there's leanne le havis's like really strong vibrato and really like strong emotional kind of punch there's the singer of parcels that's got that really kind of chill confident vibe there's the melancholy folk kind of singing in the magic lantern song and then there's there's this song the aurora one where she's sounding really enchanting and really like passionate about the sort of world that she's singing in and then, I mean, before we get to the the Moses somebody one, like he's got such a incredibly emotive, characteristic voice as well. I love listening to singers that have really not necessarily like strong, loud voices, but like sing with a determination to like get an emotion across. Mm. It's not just about singing mm. the notes perfectly and getting the melody right. It's about getting like a real strong sense of character across. That was my little ramble. Sorry. <laughs> it's a good ramble. Easy yeah. Ball. yeah, literally we've got nothing else to say now. <laughs> Nailed it. The last thing that I wrote was I was trying to think narratively about where I kind of feel like this song sits in terms of like a midnight swimming trip. And actually there's a lot of comparisons between what I thought and what uh, Anna thought. Like I was definitely thinking in some kind of like river in the middle of a forest or like a lake that no one else is at. I kind of felt like it was a swimming trip that you'd have with like your childhood friend or like someone that you've like known for years and years and years and have such a like a strong bond with that almost feels quite spiritual and magical. Just kind of spending time with someone that you feel like understands you completely and like you Mm. understand completely. That was kind of the narrative that I dreamt up when listening to this song, I suppose. 
The next song is Doomed by Moses Sumney, and that's Louise's selection. would agree that his voice is just stunning i love that he uses head voice for a lot of it because that's quite a vulnerable place to sing but also for a man to be doing that i think that just draws you in more and the fact that he has that same vibe that leanne lahavas has it's so much control but there's still that crackle and those imperfections but that's what makes it perfect and i kind of love the low pad and synthesizer because i think the simplicity of the arrangement makes you focus on the voice it makes you focus on the lyrics and it gives you that wavy floating organ sound sort of that makes you feel kind of religious and i think that ties in with the lyrics as well because i think he mentions like if lovelessness is godlessness you cast me to the wayside then i kind of was going into it a bit deeper which is probably too deep i kind of thought that water is used a lot in religion think of like moses and like baptisms things like that and i thought all of this perhaps i'm hoping that that's what he thought when he <laughs> when he wrote it and it was kind of that spiritual effect but yeah i love it i think it's great the <laughs> harmonies are beautiful yeah it hits me in the feels i absolutely love this one as well like his voice is amazing And I thought about the sort of pads and synths as well. It was almost like it was kind of, it filled my ears because I listened to it through headphones and it almost made me feel like I was underwater or something. Like you said, it was a kind of floating liquid type sound. And I love that. And yeah, about him using his head voice. Again, I kind of had some like imagery with this one of him, I don't know, just being in like a cave or something. So like you can't, you couldn't be too loud or anything. You have to be kind of delicate if there was like a cave pool and stuff like that. And I had very sort of natural vibes from this one as well. I think there's there's something really interesting actually about the accompanying synths. And it's something that I absolutely love and try and incorporate in my own music, getting like electronic instruments, synthesizers, you know, sound waves that are generated by computers and trying to make them sound sort of organic or like on the brink of sounding like an organic instrument. Like you said, uh, Louise, like a, like a sort of organ or I kind of felt like it sounded like a load of saxophones that had kind of been filtered. Mm. I was so struck by how you're sort of kept in that liminal space of like, is this a person producing this music in a room? Does this sound like an actual sort of natural organic performance? Or is this sort of more like a inorganic, dreamlike, fictional performance where the instruments aren't real? I think his voice really stitches those two things together really, really well when he's singing in his his chest voice, which is not very often, but like when he sings sort of in his mid-range chest voice, it's really like buttery and sort of deep and has a lot of like nice grain to it. And then his his head voice has such a delightful amount of breathiness it feels both dreamlike and so organic and it's kind of confusing but delightful to me the thing that struck me about it was the fact that there's so many opportunities in there 
for like dense harmonies and backing vocals and they obviously made the decision to go no we're not going to do that because it adds to that loneliness of the song but then because the synth grows and grows and grows and becomes more and more dense it's almost like you start hearing the harmonies without actually hearing them if that makes any sense because he's singing these long drawn out notes and the synth is only changing once a bar for most of the tune you think i should be hearing that right now you kind of subconsciously do. But from making those decisions, it's kind of contributed more and more through the production to the meaning of the lyrics. I think it definitely feels very personal. I mean, you mentioned the lack of backing vocals and the sort of breathiness and crackles in his voice. It feels like it's not necessarily improvised, but done in sort of one take and that you're meant to take it kind of warts and all and uh, sort of connecting it back to the theme again it feels like it's this this sanctuary that just belongs to just belongs to you yeah i definitely got that vibe like he was singing really close to the mic and quite softly which gave you that intimate sort of vibe yeah i get you I think it was you that said originally, Louise, about the vulnerability of his vocal because it's sung so mm. high in his range and his head voice. But then it does create that effect of vulnerability. But then also conversely, when you get to the end of the song, there's also something kind of admirable and gives it some strength to what you're saying that he does stay there and he does have the conviction to go, no, you know what, I'm, I'm going to sing here for the whole song. It's yeah. a gutsy thing to do because especially, you know, traditionally men don't sing there unless they're like treble or an alto in a choir you know so and it's interesting to hear a man make that decision of no this is where the whole song is going to be and yeah. I, I respect that it gave me that justin vernon sort of boniver vibe mm. to it that sort of intimate thing and just yeah just as you just said like keeping it in head voice and being like no we're staying here for most of the time and then as well rightly mentioned sometimes he does go deeper which just gives it that space and texture and colour. I've definitely read about Moses Sumney talking about gender identity and queerness. I think it is crucial probably to mention the queerness of his music and definitely with this vocal take, the fact that he's spending so much time up in his head voice being vulnerable and kind of playing in that space of sort of like character and voice. And especially because it is so isolated, like you said, Tom, it really gives you the time to actually kind of appreciate the grain of his voice and maybe like harmonics and like undertones and overtones and stuff like that. Stuff that if you overproduced this song, if you put too many more instruments in, you'd kind of cloud that, you'd miss out on the sort of interesting tombral nuances that human voices have. I think it's really wonderful that he has created this song just fully express like all the range of his voice and his character. I don't actually know any of Moses Sumney's music, but is it all kind of within this field or just, is it much more varied? I feel like everything he writes is just gold <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> that's always a good stuff it's all different but at the same time i think you would know it was him like you would know it was mm. moses sumney's music i think I this know. is definitely like the chillest song of his i've heard yeah. there's others that have like much bigger arrangements and mm. orchestrations there's the last album that he put out called gray is like a double album the sort of genres on that album is really diverse but he's definitely very influenced by soul music and also like indie guitar music. Like I know that he is really, really good at the guitar as well. There's a lot of like interesting guitar songs. He's really quite incredible. I feel like he's only been prominent sort of for the last like four or five years, unless I'm late to him. No, I like, like first heard him on Radio 1, I think, which was surprised to hear him on Radio 1 like mm. four years ago, I think. 
And I was like, who is this and how come they're playing them? But um, just because it was so different, I didn't expect Radio 1 to be open to it. But yeah, it was really good. We shall move on to our last song, which is Rhubarb by Aphex Twin. just listening to one minute of that song kind of defeats the point of the song because you almost, almost <laughs> nothing happens over the space of one minute yeah i think i have to start off by apologizing for picking the longest and probably least varied song uh, out of all of them so i hope none of you dozed off while listening to it i love this song when i heard the prompt i got this really strong vibe of isolation and seclusion and i very much get the same vibe from this song we've mentioned before with with some of the other tracks about this idea of kind of finding a sanctuary and being cut off from the rest of the world but also being content and peaceful with that so this is from selected ambient works volume two and that has a lot of tracks that are very kind of weird and discordant and feel almost disturbing in a way and i think this song really stands out as being relatively peaceful and content so linking it back to the uh, the prompt of almost you know walking through the the woods at night and it being very kind of scary and unsettling and then suddenly you come across this massive open area with a with a lake and suddenly those feelings of uneasiness fall away and you're just content and peaceful and i think the way that this song juxtaposes uh, the other songs on the album very much gets that vibe across of it being a sanctuary mm. I definitely got that kind of that meditation vibe almost mm. like I felt like the longer I was listening to it I'd just forgotten what had happened earlier that day what was ha- just what was happening at all <laughs> but, it's, it's great music to fall asleep to definitely <laughs> yeah no that would be seriously good for that that sort of activity like meditation or something like that I noticed that about a minute and a half two minutes in there's like one really long sustained drone going over the top like a high drone that suddenly takes your attention where the chord progression then seems to because of that happen without you thinking about it you're not listening to the chord progression anymore it suddenly just starts happening and then it's when you get that one focus point that is so consistent that you start to just drift away Mm. and that took me straight into the like that lake like you were saying or like the, the cave or that sort of atmosphere I think it's a song that on the surface doesn't seem to have a lot going on, but actually when you break it down, there's a lot of kind of different layers that you don't necessarily tune into immediately, but kind of subconsciously you you are aware that they're there. Yeah. And like Will was saying earlier in relation to why does a, a Rhodes sound so watery, I think you mentioned it's to do with like the tremolo and the, the ebb and flow of it. And uh, there's a part, I can't remember exactly where this is now, I've just written it down, but um, there's a point in it where the tremolo comes in where it starts to give that effect and and that sensory feeling of the water. I can definitely see how you related it back to the topic. Yeah, I think even though this was the only one without lyrics, it was almost the one that made me feel like related to water the most 
because like there's no percussion or anything so it's just kind of fluid motion and there's like I wrote down like waves of sound and sort of overlapping chords is kind of like the movement of water I feel like it's quite repetitive like the chord progression and stuff is quite repetitive throughout it's kind of like a cycle which made me think of like the cycle of water and tides and sort of the predictability of water and stuff like that I thought it was really just immersive and I could definitely imagine like going for a midnight swim to this I think mm. I don't know if it's it's perhaps less swimming and more kind of just floating feeling just floating of emotion about, yeah. of the water <laughs> yeah there's something about that repetition where at first you think okay that's that's a nice chord sequence and then it happens again and you think is it going to change and then after a little while you come to accept it's not going to change and that's where the relaxation comes from it's about three and a half minutes in when you're like, okay, this is where we're at. And this is what's going to keep happening for the next three and a half minutes. And I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with that. It's just kind of similar to mindfulness or like meditation, I guess, if you're actually doing it in practice. I don't know but if you guys have tried it, but whenever I've tried to do it, the first few minutes are a bit of a fail. And yeah. then <laughs> and then you start, it starts working and you don't even realise that it started working until you finished. And then you're mm. like, oh, wow. And I feel like that song kind of gives you that sort of same feeling. Mm-hmm. I think as well, because they're sort of the filter and the cutoff of the main, well, of all the synthesizers really is set so low, everything's so bassy, and then the sort of like synth bass comes in a couple minutes in. This song actually, I know we've mentioned meditation music um, a lot already up to this point, but it really reminds me of the kind of physical meditative music that I've heard where there's a lot of bass and there's a lot of low frequencies to the extent where you can like feel it if you're like lying on the ground and like the point Mm. of it is to feel the vibrations of the space around you and really like ground yourself. And I think for me anyway, that also kind of relates to water in the, you know, when you kind of plunge your head underwater and you lose all the top frequencies and you just got all the really like low muffled bass kind of things that feels just dead relaxing to me. And especially with you mentioning sanctuary as well, Jack, I really like that you brought up that word because I hadn't really thought about this before I picked this concept. But actually the sort of moments when I feel most relaxed are when I'm in the bath. Sometimes when I'm like really (laughs) overwhelmed or stressed or emotional, I will go and have a two hour bath or like a two or three hour (laughs) bath. And I'll light some candles and I'll make the lighting really, really low. I think there's something about just kind of floating in water that is really relaxing to us as humans, which is interesting because we're not water creatures. Mm. Isn't it meant to be something to do with like when you're a baby and you're kind of like in the womb and you're floating and there's there's something to do with that? What's her name? It's that music critic. We're all thinking of her. What's her name? (laughs) I'm uh, thinking of the fact that you exactly have a bath for mean. three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly on, what you mean, Will, and I can't, I can't remember her name. I am but, wondering, though, about the bath. Do you sometimes, do you have to keep topping it up with, like, hot water? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm yeah. not going to let it go okay. cold. Yeah. That's no. fine. Let's get down to the logistics here. I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. If, Very you guys, if you guys have not had a two, three-hour bath in your life, I properly recommend it. Put on a podcast put on an album put on some affects twin put up put on some affex twin yeah is it affex i thought it was affex back in affex i don't know back in the day i used to kick back with a bath and watch some downton abbey on my laptop <laughs> that's how that's how rock and roll things used to get <laughs> tom that goes against almost everything i felt like i knew about you that's incredible <laughs> <laughs> 
Snoop Dogg watches Downton Abbey, so that makes it cool. <laughs> Snoop Dogg's wild. Snoop Dogg's doing just oh, eat now. He's peculiar. <laughs> He's an onion, mate. Yeah. <laughs> what, layers. Layers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Neat. Okay. So now comes the point where we try and put these six... Six? Six tracks in some kind of order. I don't know if we want to think about it in terms of like the number of people, because obviously we've got the Parcels song, um, which is a pool party where we've got everyone there. And then we've got some others which feel a lot more kind of isolated and like you're on your own. So I don't know if we want to have, you know, start off with something quite personal, then build up to the build up to overnight as if that's like that's where the party's happening and then people leave and it's you know suddenly you're you're on your own again as more and more people more of your mates arrive yeah yeah basically uh, okay yeah yeah i like that i like that <laughs> same i guess so, i mean I, I guess it depends on in what kind of order you wanted to go in either more people arrive or everyone leaves and eventually you are just the last one left floating in the pool <laughs> <laughs> so we're starting off at the at the climax of the party when everyone's I, there. Yeah, I quite like imagine if you turned up to a pool party in Miami, which is kind of how I feel like the the parcel song is. And you just get like you have a beer, you get in the pool and you kinda of just float there and you just like float there for the rest of the night. And like every so often like people kind of leave and like there's fewer fewer voices until right at the end you're kinda of left with the uh the Aphex Twin song, where there's no voices, there's no sort of, like, narrative, there's just this, like, solid meditative song. To really get into the mindset to do this, do you think we should have an all-expenses-paid trip to Miami so that we can do it for real? Make it happen, Will. Make it happen. Not bad idea. (laughs) What's the budget like? Yeah. I haven't haven't got any, like, sponsors or advertisers yet, but... (laughs) But when you do, that's the first thing on the list. (laughs) We do this every episode of the podcast. We do this to the first one, which was songs to listen to when you're eating cheese on toast. We're all like, we're going to get together, (laughs) we're going to listen to this playlist, and we're going to eat cheese on toast at 3am uh, have you got the def- for that? I've got the but yeah in fact I probably have the cheese and the bread for that but I don't definitely don't have the, <laughs> the money for the plane tickets to Miami um, next time so, next time next time so I think starting with the parcel song and ending with the Aphex Twin song I, I quite like that in the the notion of people leaving over time I would maybe suggest the the Moses Sumney song second to last in the I, like, yeah. I was gonna say that um, as well yeah it's quite similar can I suggest that we throw Leanne in just after parcels? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's not a lot of agreement for that. <laughs> well, for any any particular reason? Or... Lu- Louise inhaled <laughs> and then went, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, The reason being for that is that I think in terms of, if we look around at our other options here, so Aphex is already gone. So the Magic Lantern, he's quite... He's quite lonely at that point, isn't he? Whereas Leanne's got her clones singing with her. That's fair. There are there are actual voices are, in that song. That's a good point. There are many Leanne's and drums. Yeah. Maybe yeah. the Magic Lantern one could be like the third to last. Wait, yeah. I think... Yeah. yeah. And then Secret Garden in the middle. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that is probably mm-hmm. like a nice progression. Yeah, I'm do you not. Agree um, more now, Louise. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I was just having a a moment to to. Think. 
it's just one of those where you're like, do I agree? Yeah, I was yes. like, mm. yes, I do. <laughs> Yeah. I personally think you're just avoiding confrontation at this point. You completely disagree, I can tell. I never. I think um I think the Leanne Lahavis and the Aurora could go either way around, really. Um because yeah. in in the Aurora song, there's that quite big expansive orchestration and there's a couple of the harmonies in there. It still sounds quite lively, I think. Mm-hmm. And the Leanne Lahavis song to me still has a bit a bit of liveliness, but also sounds quite dark. But I think they could go in either order, depending on what you guys think. Can we do the Leanna Havis in reverse so that it starts off quite big yeah. and then ends a bit more isolated? Can we do that? Just play it backwards. What, play it backwards? I don't know if YouTube can do that. Maybe. <laughs> right. So the track listing, as we've got it, is Overnight by Parcels. And then it's Weird Fishes by Leanna Havis. Then Secret Garden by Aurora. Uh, then Holding Hands by The Magic Lantern. Doomed by Moses Sumney. And then Rhubarb by Aphex Twin. That sound good to everyone? Certainly mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. Neato. Great. Cool. This was nice. I feel like I want to go take a bath now. I just want to go for, for a midnight hours, swim. And I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Has anyone ever done... I imagine none of you have, but has anyone ever done one of those like sensory deprivation tanks? There's actually no, but I really want to. Mm. There's a, actually there's a place like three minutes away from my house that does those kind of like floating in water tanks where they just no sound, no lights. Yeah. Whatever. Do you have? I've always fun? been really interested. I, now I might have the budget for that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that sounds like the beginning of a Black Mirror episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We should do the podcast while like floating, like actually in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Just have like the reverb of a, like being in a camp. <laughs> I I wonder if you did that and you listened to the uh, the Aphex Twin song Rhubarb, you would either reach enlightenment or go insane. I think that's a risk I'm willing to take. No in between. (laughs) Right? No. I think it's pretty extreme. Neat. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me on this, guys. This was really lovely. And we have come up with a really lovely, chill playlist. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Thanks for putting it together. really hope you enjoyed this fourth episode of Pick and Mixtape. If you want to listen to the playlist in order, it's on our YouTube channel, Pick and Mixtape Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Pick and Mixtape and Facebook under the same handle. Please do feel free to get in touch about what your choice would be for the playlist or what you thought about the songs we picked. If you enjoyed listening to our eclectic choices for the podcast, then you'd probably like our music. Anna's debut album, Skin, was just awarded Album of the Year by the Redder Folk Radio Show, and you should definitely go and listen to it. Luke's latest single, Jeff Goldblum, is available to listen to on Spotify and iTunes. Tom's band Venus de Milo recently put out a live video performance at Par Street Studios, including songs from their impressive back catalogue, which you can find on YouTube. Jack is a video game developer who also composes his own music, His latest game, Warp Factor, was released last summer and is an arcade-style block-breaking game with a dynamic soundtrack, and you can find that on Steam. 
Mine and Beth's band Galpal have three singles out, all recorded with Tom, and you can find them on Spotify and iTunes. And finally, I've been making a song every three days during lockdown, which you can check out by searching Will Truby on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Next episode's topic will be a song to replace Old Lang Syne with, and I'll have a bunch of new people with me. I hope you can join us, and thank you again for listening. Good morning, good day, or good night.